Hey guys, Tezzy Faye here and welcome to the second episode of the Unfazed with Tezzy Faye podcast. It's funny because a few years ago, I really thought that this podcast would never come to fruition. I always had the intention of making a podcast, but I never knew how or when to do it and what to make it about. So doing these interviews for my YouTube video has been really awesome because I've just been able to take those interviews that I've done and just turn them into these podcasts, which is wonderful. If you watch my latest video called Things You Should Know Before Getting Married, you will know that I interviewed Nashmiya Khan. And so this particular interview is going to be the longer version of that interview. I met Nashmiya a long time ago at the YouTube space in LA. We were both there for an event. She did a little presentation and I did a little speech and I was really impressed with her at the time. Back then she was a journalist and she had showed us a documentary that she made and it wasn't until a couple years later that I was scrolling on my Instagram feed and I found this company called Nikanama and I saw their beautiful Islamic wedding contracts that they created and I started following them because I was really like, wow, this is a really unique product and I loved it. I thought it was beautiful and unbeknownst to me, I had no idea that that was actually her. So when I came around to trying to find interviews for this video, I reached out to her and I was like, please, man, if she just answered me, this would be the most amazing, most insightful stuff that I could get a hold of to present to other people in this video. And lucky for me, she did reply and she agreed to be part of the video. So I won't give away too much about what we're talking about in the interview. I'll let you guys just listen, but she gives a lot of great advice about everything from the Islamic marriage contract to, you know, what it's been like for her starting this business, why she started the business. And yeah, I'll just let you guys take a listen. So I hope you enjoy. Here it is. I think it just, can you just, um, you know, say your name and just maybe a little blurb about yourself? Yeah, my name is Nashmiya Han and I currently live in Pennsylvania. I studied, I met you through as while I was a video journalist, but I currently, I help start a company called Nikanama where we make like intricate Muslim wedding contracts. So that's what I work on. I design some of them. Beautiful. When did you start your business? It officially launched like early January, 2019. And so it's been about a year and a half since I have it launched, but I started working on it right after my first son was born and he's three years old right now. And so I worked on it for a year and a half before I launched. And now in a year and a half we've launched, we've done about 500 Nikanamas, which wow. is, I did not expect to do that many. So yeah. yeah. MashaAllah, that's really great. Actually, I think your your product also is something really unique. Like I had I had stumbled across it on Instagram and then that's when I realized it was you. <laughs> and that's, oh, really? like, I didn't even, I didn't even know that there was that connection. Yeah, I was trying to hide it. Cause I was like, all these businesses now they're always like about the founder. And I'm like, this isn't about me. This is about the contract and like, right. it's not about me. <laughs> so I was amazed that you found out that it was me. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sneaky like that. <laughs> so 500, that's a lot. That's a lot. So what inspired you to start your business? Like, was there a certain problem that you were trying to solve or where, where did the inspiration to begin this journey really start for you? So after, after my son was born, I really like, I was working as a video journalist. I keep talking about that, but 
I mean, in journalism, you work so hard on something and like, it's like your masterpiece. You work hours. And even like the many of my videos that got more than a million views, they, they went viral. Even after a couple of days, they sort of just like went away. And I was like, I want to make something that's more permanent. And then I also want to help Muslims. And like, have, I felt like there's such a huge space for Muslim products. Like, for example, I always talk about our dynamas, the thing we pray on. Most of our dynamas is if you like really look, they're from Alibaba and they're like mm-hmm. made in China. And it's like, this is what you pray on five times a day. Why don't we make the things that we use to be Muslim like as beautiful as possible? So I was thinking about what product I could do. And I thought that the Nikanam, I remember when I was getting married, I tried so hard to make my wedding contract beautiful. I got like paper from paper source and I like did special fonts and all that stuff. But really it just was like, it was still white paper with black ink from mm-hmm. my ink printer. It was not anything special. It wasn't anything I ever wanted to look at ever again. And also at the same time I had, well, three years ago when I was, starting I had three of my friends getting divorced Mm. and every single time I would be talking to them I was like didn't you talk about this before you get married didn't you write this in your Nikonam because that was one thing that I did do when I was getting married I really like we me and my husband we focused on our Nikonam a lot and what we wanted out of our marriage how we wanted to live how we wanted to raise our kids how we would divide our money we wrote it all out as best as we could in our Nikonam and so that's how we were like, how do you make people think about their Nikonama? Well, in these days, you create a beautiful product that people want to keep and like want to show at their wedding and display. And it's also just, it was something that people did in the past historically. If you look, especially in Iran and in Kashmir, people really focused on their Nikonama and made it a beautiful thing. And the Jewish people in Iran, they also, they copied that, or they also had that tradition. And they have ketubas and up till this day, in the Jewish tradition, almost all Jewish people getting married have these beautiful contracts that they use. But for some reason, Muslims lost that tradition. So I was like, why don't we try and revive this? So I worked for a really long time and a lot of our first designs were actually based off of old Nikonamas, like from the Qajar dynasty in Iran. And so I I even forgot what you were asking me. I was asking what inspired you and so you kind of started. So basically that inspired me. And so then I tested it out with a few people and it seemed like it was like a nice focal point for their wedding. And it was a nice thing that was missing. It was filling a void. And so then we launched in early 2019. Since you brought up how you and your husband talked a lot about, or, you know, you guys were, you know, talking about finances or whatever it may be. And you focused on that. Um, Do you feel like you did that because you were taught that? Did someone teach you that? Was that something that was cultural or your parents? Or was that just something that you guys just from your hearts, you just knew to do? My sister, she's studying Islamic studies. So she had sent me like some sample marriage contracts. And I just was like, sample marriage contracts, you can edit this. And I saw some of the stipulations that people had. But it was also just, I think I must have heard my cousins in Pakistan, how they were like shocked when they would go to get married in Pakistan, this is like very common. They have like the state. I wish I had like, I have the copy of the Pakistani contract. It's like a big white piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And it's like so common for the Imam to go and just cross out the part where it's like the woman's right to divorce. And then like 
I think there's another part too, like Meher or something like that. Sometimes they'll just put as much as the Prophet gave to his wife, the equivalent of that now, which is just like a couple of cents or a couple okay. of dollars. Okay. So they would just remove those rights from the woman. And I was like, no, this is my chance to be like clear about what I want. And I wanted to treat it almost like a prenup. Like this is okay. how we're going to divide our money. This is how we're going to live and do all that stuff. So I don't know. I just, I guess I heard some bad experiences of my cousins in Pakistan. And I was like, no, this should be something a little bit more thoughtful. And you just also reminded me, I was just talking to my fiance probably about an hour or so back. And one of the things that we were discussing is um, how, because you, you brought up a prenup, um, we were talking about how there's like the law here and then there's like Islamic law or what we're, we're signing in the contract and agreeing upon. Um, and so I was wondering, you know, because you had mentioned that, you know, it's kind of like a prenup. Um, but that stuff, it doesn't really stand in the eyes of the law here, does it? Um, or how, or am I mistaken on that? Yeah, I don't know. I, like what you write in your Nikonam, we always tell people, because especially people in Pakistan, they ask like, is this valid for the Pakistani government? And we're like, oh, you'd have to talk to your lawyers because every okay. single state is different. So if you sign something in one state, it could mean something. And if you get it notarized, you'll have stuff all that stuff but in another state it might not mean anything okay that's like one part where i'm like i wanted to actually in the beginning make it a legal valid document and like have all of the laws figure out in every state but then i was like i should just start simple that's a lot no that's a lot and even for me to ask you that i was just i was just curious because i've I've had this discussion with my family also about like you know what is this going to be even like you put a lot of effort into it but is it going to be upheld you know like you said yeah so it's Basically, for us, it's like our word in front of Allah. That's yeah. what it would be. Okay. Basic, but ideally, it would also be something that would be valid. And Yasmina Hadi might know the answer to that because she's a lawyer. Oh, like, yeah. how would you get valid? What do you do? But I don't know. I'm too, <laughs> I've been too scared to make something valid because I don't want people to come back to me when they're getting divorced and be like, wait. Right. You told us it was valid. <laughs> right. And I think my question also is kind of more like I'm asking you a lot of stuff, basically like opinions and your perspective and yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Not necessarily, yeah. um, you know, everybody like we're not lawyers, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I was just curious. Um, it really depends on your husband too. Like my stuff scared my husband. I mean, sort of, he'll get angry. <laughs> yeah. But it scared my husband away that he's like, oh, I signed this and I'll be accountable for this on the day of judgment. But ideally okay. your husband is like that where they're like, okay, no, this means something. This isn't just a piece of paper. Right. And so I think that that would go to like, you know, from a spiritual perspective, if you guys are kind of also on the same page about that, like how much it means to you or how seriously you take it. Because for some people, maybe it's just, yeah. this is just another thing that I have to do, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Um, so can you, uh, since you're in the business of it, can you explain to somebody who wouldn't know what a Nikanama is? Can you explain what a contract, marriage contract would be? Yeah, so in Islam, I'm pretty sure you just need somebody, a proposal and an acceptance. Like that's the very basic of a Nikanama. But at a certain point, people started writing it out just because especially in the Kaju dynasty, I know that they it was the only form of memorabilia 
full form of memorabilia from the wedding because there was no photos back then. So it would be like mm-hmm. one form of embellishment that you could keep and say, this is what we signed on our wedding day. So that's how it sort of became more of a thing, a contract. And then it also became a legal thing later on. So all governments, they would have Nikah contracts in Pakistan, Iran, all these countries, they would have it. But the whole beautiful part of it went away when it became very, very illegal. So it's basically a Nikah contract. And especially the ones we make are, so, are beautiful ones that you can keep as something that you remember from the day that you signed to be husband and wife and the day that it became halal for you to be together as husband and wife. So it's a form of, it's the, what we make is like the cover page to the actual contract. And the contract, there's my son, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the contract is basically, it can be sort of like a form of a prenup where you sort of, a bunch of agreements that you come together. Like I like to tell any of my friends who are getting married, I'm, I say go through the 100 questions. Like there's all these books about the 100 questions you should ask before marriage. By the end of it, you have uh, answers. And so like you can sort of write out your answers and it can be sort of like a, a guide for you through your marriage. So hopefully you can write some of those things that you decide on your marriage and you can be reminded of them on your in your nikanama whenever you want to look back at it. And it also can serve as a form of if there ever is a dispute, you can write out how do you how do you deal with this marital disputes? So a lot of people in their nikanama they write, if there is a marital dispute, we have allocated this person, this chaplain, this imam, this person that we can talk to to help us through our dispute, because sometimes you just don't know where to go or what to do. So a Nikanama is basically sort of, it's supposed to serve as a guide in your marriage, but some people just use it as a form of memorabilia. They don't want to add anything extra. They just want the basic information and then the four page contract that comes with it, which basically all that adds is the dowry. People don't want to put their dowry. (laughs) Most people don't want to put their dowry on their cover page for everybody to see. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, no, I can understand that. So from your perspective, you know, your opinion, whether it's personal life or through this um, journey of making this business, um, why do you think that so many people take a passive role in the nikah ceremony? I think that like it's it's been taboo, especially I, I come from Pakistan, so I think of Pakistan, but people don't want to talk about their husband and their in-laws like, deal breakers. They don't want to talk about stuff that makes them uncomfortable. So for the longest time, it was just like the nikah ceremony was sort of like a side thing, something that the bride is not even in the room for half the time. And it just happens. So I think that it just is slightly uncomfortable, but I think to have a really healthy relationship, it should be like, we are coming and we're making all of these agreements right now so that it's clear and so that we know what we're getting into. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, people just didn't want to talk about their Nikah Naman, their Nikah contract. But lately, I feel like because so many people are in the West and they see like that I do moment is so special in so many Western ceremonies. Like, why don't we have that? Why don't we have the moment that you sit that you do the kabul and agree to the marriage and sign the contract why isn't that moment special so i think it was such a taboo thing in the past it has been so taboo in the past and it's fun i hope that it becomes more of a mainstream thing where people actually healthily think about it and think that this is a moment for us to remember and not just like the moment of the rooks at the 
which is only only happens in some cultures. Right. <laughs> it's not really an Islam, like always an Islamic thing. So yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think uh, you know you brought up you know some of these things are taboo, maybe things that are difficult to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think finances, like whether you're Muslim or not, I think for couples, maybe like the conversation of finances or this idea maybe even like thinking about the possibility that you could get divorced is like something like, no, 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 we don't want to like even, uh, we're not going to get divorced, you know, but um, do you think that there isn't enough emphasis or education on this part of the process uh, when it comes to the Muslim community in general? Yeah, of course there's not enough emphasis at all. Like so many people don't even realize that in most of the mud hubs and most of the rulings like if you if the husband says the luck three times like you're divorced and in order for you to be married again you have they have to marry somebody else and then divorce them and then marry you like people don't know the rights and responsibilities of marriage and like it's just not talked about it's more just like gender relations don't talk to that person all that stuff i just feel like there's not an emphasis at all on it. People don't know what rights they have. People don't know that the woman has the right to her money and the husband can't ask her for her money. Her money is her money. That's the biggest thing. People don't know that. They think, oh, we have to split everything. People don't know that the woman also can have a right to divorce in some of the madhabs. I mean, most of the madhabs probably. And so, yeah, there's no <laughs> emphasis on that. And I always tell people too that it's really good to go to some sort of premarital counselor, hopefully somebody who is a mufti or a sheikh who knows all of the rulings in their madhab and who can tell them what is right and what what their rights are, what their rights are to their in-laws. The woman doesn't really have <laughs> whatever she does, but my premarital counselor at least told me was whatever you do for your mother-in-law, you do out of your heart, but she has no right over you. Your husband has rights over you and you have rights over your husband, but your in-laws don't. Everything you do is out of the kindness of your heart and to make your husband happy. happy. So yeah, there's not enough of the emphasis at all. Do you have any ideas of, I mean, obviously you started this business. I think that's a big thing in itself, Um, but how can we get people more educated? What do you think is the best way to make um, maybe that cultural shift um to make people want to be more educated about it yeah, or I'd say just like making it a more mainstream thing to like look over your nikanama to learn about the rights and responsibility hopefully there's more classes about that about marriage and islam and then make premarital counselor a more normal thing too and make it more available a little bit about the artistic part of uh the contract so you touched on it a bit um what do you feel like the value is of making it into a beautiful piece of art or you know this piece of memorabilia uh when we do have photos now um yeah yeah, what's what's the value of it in your opinion i think that it serves as a memory to what you signed and like you can see it every day if it's there displayed for you if it's beautiful then you'll want to keep it around if it's not then you'll, it'll be in your tax files like it is for me okay. gotcha. <laughs> you'll be like oh yeah that thing oh yeah okay we take that seriously <laughs> it's something that you see every day and we're like wow it was so special putting that together and making sure that that happened and and it also serves as a memory for that day. And photos, there's so many photos. I'm a wedding photographer and I'm like so sick of 
wedding photos. <laughs> I'm an ex-wedding photographer because I was like, why am I spending my career taking photos for people's Instagrams? Like mm. it serves the Nikonama serves as like the it's a symbol of like that holy spiritual bond you made with your husband and mm. it should be something. I mean, it's something special that I'd want to, I wish I had to keep it, keep around for me. Well, that's really, that's really beautiful. Um, I actually, I did wedding photography for a bit. It was more like, <laughs> I would kind of advertise it and then I'd like hide in a bush. Like, I don't really want to do this. Yeah. And then people would be like calling my mom, like, Hey, is your daughter available in two weeks? Like we have a wedding. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to do it. And my dad would be like, you're doing it. Like, why wouldn't you do it for them? Yeah. And so it became this thing that I just hated it so much. <laughs> and I feel like client management is just like, yeah. if anything is my biggest weakness, oh, <laughs> that's just it for me. I hate dealing with people. So Yeah, I know. And um, it's, but the funny thing is now I'm doing it again. Like I'm doing, I'm not doing wedding photography, but I deal with brides almost like every day and, for the most part, they've been nice. Actually, I haven't had any fights, so it's alhamdulillah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my last question. So this is a personal question for me. Yeah. yeah um, that's so fun. So I'm getting married in a few weeks, inshallah. And so I'm wondering, you know, as someone who is getting married very soon, do you have any advice for me? It was related to what we were talking about. I feel like so many people, they are starting to now just focus on the photo op, the photo ops in the wedding and like your guests are your guests, but it's, it's not just about like getting the photographer to get the shot of you putting your ring on and the shot of you doing this and all that stuff. But it's like, I've not I came to realize that the two times in your life where everybody, you know, tries their best to come out and see you are your wedding day and your funeral like so mm -hmm. your wedding day is the part that you can <laughs> really enjoy it but it's like people from all around the world or like in coronavirus time it might be a little bit different but all of the people you love the most are all gathering here to be with you mm -hmm. and celebrate this special moment they're not they didn't come to see you just take some photos and watch you have a photo shoot in front of them like they came for this yeah. special moment and your husband is not I'm being such a <laughs> lecturer right now. Okay, <laughs> lecture me. Yeah, <laughs> this is like such a special moment where like you want to remember, like remember that special day where we became a couple in front of Allah, and we became one. And inshallah, we'll be the same in the hereafter. So make it as special as possible in that way. Like really make it so you can cherish those moments, and like the photos are happening. The photographer is like a photojournalist, like photographing mm -hmm. the moment but it's not about the photos that's what i would say like you don't want it to your husband to look back and be like wow my face hurt so much because i was smiling for the camera nonstop and i was being your instagram husband but you want it to be like this it this was such a special day where we changed it changed our lives forever so make yeah. it about that that moment that's what i would say like have they make sure your imam is amazing make sure you have a he speaks well and he's inspiring and inspires you make sure the people who speak for you speak well make sure you guys have know what you are going to say or what you are going to do and try to make every moment of the day as special and romantic as possible i don't know because it is a special moment it's mm -hmm. it's the most important part of the wedding yeah so. and that's something <laughs> that was really beautiful like i was listening 
just I don't know with my heart that was really really um beautiful advice and actually that's that's something not not necessarily every word that you said but in terms of like this idea of focusing on what it really is and being present um I think that's something that I hear a lot that you know like a lot of people just get distracted by all these other unimportant things and the -hmm. next day you wake up and that's that's what I hear and I mean with coronavirus like trying to plan all this stuff that's where my mind is is just is this gonna fall apart is that gonna fall apart because now we're doing it at home we're getting a tent we're doing that whole thing and I'm like it's been raining here and it's cold and I'm like man everyone's gonna be freezing and you know like that's where my mind is at um and so I'm glad also that I'm doing this project because I feel like it's like even talking to you talking uh, to other people yesterday and, and earlier today, it's really helping me be like, you know what, actually I should really be focusing on like me and my fiance should be talking about the contract. We should really be talking about, you know, these things like finances or whatever. And maybe I should be consulting somebody about, you know, legal stuff, like not legal, but you know, like what, mm-hmm. what, what's whatever the questions are that I asked. And, yeah. um, you know what you said, like making so sure just to enjoy after because it's like okay now we figure this out and then the guy is like that critical moment and then now you can enjoy you like have right. fun you've made right. it all clear <laughs> and with the photography it's funny um because i i kind of i kind of got in a fight with my dad because like <laughs> i told him i was like let's do the nikah beforehand so that we can go take photos and then we'll just do a dinner my dad was like no and i was like when am I supposed to take photos? <laughs> like, you know, and I was, I was really pissed off because I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, not a photographer, but you know, like camera stuff, yeah. this is important to me, visual stuff. And, uh, I, so I was so mad. And then, you know, after talking to you, I, I and we, we decided, we, we agreed upon something. We were like, okay, that day we're not going to focus on pictures. Like the photographer will still be there. The next day is when we'll actually dress up and take oh, photos nice. for ourselves. Um, <laughs> But that was like a whole thing and I was really pissed off about it. But after talking to you, I think it really uh, put things into perspective because I think the fact now that my mindset is no longer like photos, 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 the photographer's flying out, blah, 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 blah. Like now I think I can you know, focus on what's important. So I think, I think <laughs> I that would have been too much of a, <laughs> I, I think doing all those wedding photos, I was like, what? This isn't the focus. The focus is like, like white weddings. They're so special and so cute. Like they're like crying, reading their vows to each other. And like, they're right. just so happy because they made that moment. And like, I don't know. I just, Our weddings like, are just stages. Are like, yeah. <laughs> this group photo, that group photo, this group photo, and then, like, these poses, and, yeah, they're just stages. White people don't even have stages. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. what I was explaining during the, like, process where I'm trying to find decorators, this is before coronavirus, I'm like, okay, so we're gonna need a sofa. Can you guys, like, how do I get a sofa? And it's just, like, explaining this concept of a sofa on a stage. Yeah, like, like, oh, what? Like, yeah. you mean the sweetheart table? Like, that's yeah. all I know. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that's that's interesting. Yeah, I I mean, inshallah, everything goes well. And um, wait to see the pictures and see how this video turns out and everything. Yeah. Okay, so that was the end of the interview. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do want to let you know that we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So feel free to go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you are listening that way. Also feel free to subscribe. 
I really appreciate your guys's view, not viewership. What would you call this listening ship? I don't know. Some sort of a ship. Thanks for being on the ship. I appreciate it, guys. There's also an affiliate link in the description of my latest YouTube video for Nikonama. If you're interested in ordering one of those, go ahead and use that. But yeah, that's all, you guys. So feel free to follow on social media if you want to keep updated. And I hope you guys have a good one. Until next episode, goodbye. Tazzy Faye out.